Welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of your favorite movie podcast, where a veteran viewer and a virgin viewer of all things horror break movies down thematically by month, and uh, I die a little inside. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Cindy. With me as always is... Josh, I'm the one who kills her a little bit inside every week. Yeah, and he, uh, well, quite frankly, loves it. How was your Halloween, everyone? How was everyone's Halloween? Was it good? Cold. Uh, Was it... How was your? What, it was what is your, better your than last year. Your sophomore uh, pandemic Halloween. Oh, it was better than last year, and that's all that I'll say about that. It was better than last year. Well, this cool. time last year was not good. Twenty twenty one has been slightly better than twenty twenty. Just in that 2020 has been the shittiest year ever. Yeah. Um, so there you go. It's not as good. It wasn't as good as twenty nineteen. It is. Was it as good as twenty sixteen? The year that the movie that we're going to talk about was released. All right. Well, this starts our November month. So what is our, what's our theme for November? Uh, we're going to do horror films that revolve around family or friend gatherings. Okay. You know, so I Thanksgiving. Said, so I said Clue, which was up until we met, what I would usually tell people was my favorite scary movie because I don't watch scary what movies. What is it now? <laughs> I don't know yet. The like jury's almost out. Like, What's your favorite scary movie? What would you say? I don't know. I, um, I don't really think about them like that, and I try to forget them as soon as they happen. That's not true. You if we're talking about... a lot about Pumpkinhead. <laughs> I do like Pumpkinhead. It's different. Like, what is the movie that scared you the most? Your favorite. At the time. Oh, my, just my favorite, favorite. Like, one that I would watch again? Probably Trick or Treat. I like yeah, Trick or Treat. Yeah, that's a really, really good one. Oh, that that's was really fun. Real good one. Pumpkinhead would also be up there. But, like, I don't know, horror movies to me, just, they're, it's different. Yeah, I get that. Uh, for me, it's it, it's different from, you're different in that I love them. Yes. Um, but you know what? You know what won't make your list of things you want to rewatch all the time? This one? The Invitation, which Thank is what you. we're watching today. Okay, so you said 2016. Yeah, April 8th, 2016. 2016, that means it's more modern, which means it's really going to fuck me yeah. up. The newer remember, they are, the worse it is. Do you remember 2016? Uh, yeah, actually. I had a six-year-old and a ten-year-old. Okay. Do you also remember the Zika virus outbreak? Oh, damn. When babies were being born with weird-shaped heads because of uh, mosquitoes? I do, because uh, I had a cousin who was pregnant at the time in Texas, and it was actually something we were kind of worried about. Okay. <laughs> she was real, real careful for a while uh, there. It was also the Pulse nightclub shooting. Was oh, that damn. Year? Uh, pokey, yeah. And we promptly handled guns in this country after that. <laughs> That's funny because we'll never handle uh, guns yeah. in this country. Pokemon Go was released. That was a fun summer. That was a fun summer. Everyone kind of got out and the young kids were trying to explain to us us older kids, I guess. <laughs> like you walk around and you find Pokemon. Yeah, people, like how to do it. and Like people gym. I knew who never got up and did anything like that were playing that game. And it was really nice. Nice. Um, it did its job. Yeah. Then. It was the Summer Olympics in Brazil. Brazil. Remember when they were like, I don't know if we can have swim events because the water is <laughs> so the water, dirty. Yeah, so polluted. Yeah, what's up, Brazil? Yay. Cubs won the World Series, okay. which started hell freezing over, which... Fully froze over when Donald Trump was elected president. Oh, fuck. This, 
the end of 2016 and into 2017 was a rough, rough year for old, for old Cindy, for the old Sin Dog. Yeah, I think it was a bad, the end of that, that election day was bad for a lot of people. Yeah. People that died that year. It's uh, a lot. It's it, a lot of people. And if I remember correctly, it adds to why this was a shitty year. Continue. Uh, so, David Bowie. Yep. Alan Rickman. Yep. Harper Lee. Yeah, the writer of To Kill a Mockingbird. Prince. Gosh. Muhammad Ali. Yep. Gene Wilder. Yeah. Leonard Cohen. Gosh. George Michael. Yep. Carrie Fisher. Y'all. Hello, 2016. Yeah, 2016 (laughs) was really, really hard for so many reasons and for so many people. Damn. Damn, y'all. Shit. Yeah. um, And in the midst of it, this movie came out. Is that what well, I'm saying? So it was back when things were still good in 2016. Ah, all right. It, it predicted how awful things would get, sadly. <laughs> um, okay. So there you go. So let's talk about The Invitation. The Invitation. So this April. movie is one hour and 40 minutes. Okay. It is not rated. I, I'm not, this doesn't bode well. Um, for those of you who are interested, it is streaming for free on Tubi, the T U B I app. Tubi. Tubi has a lot of fun stuff. Yeah, I mean, um, you yeah, there's a commercial, but who cares? Uh, this may be a film that you may want to invest in not renting, having commercials. So you don't have commercials because it's all structured on like a rising action. Mm. Like it's really, Dread. it's not a movie that you should break up. Like, Got it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not, it, like you could sit down and watch Trigger Treat in sections. Yeah. It's designed to be in sections. This but movie. This... You really have to. It 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 builds. Is what he's attention. trying to tell me. Like it, a puzzle. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. Again, uh, things that don't bode well for me. You know what is awesome about this movie, though? What? It's directed by a lady. Hey, which lady? Karen Kusama. Okay. She directed Jennifer's Body. Oh, okay. The I know Flux of that movie, movie. And a movie called Destroyer. So basically, Karen Kusama had made a a few movies. And they had gotten a ton of studio interference. So okay. this film, she got with the two writers, Phil Hay and Matt Manfredi, who would go on to write Destroyer for uh, Kankusama. And they basically, this movie was made totally outside the studio system, and they had total control. So this is one of those things where they got independent financing, made the movie, and then sold the movie to, as is, to yes. a production company. Okay. Like, and no changes to a distribution made. company. This is I should say totally their vision for what okay. they wanted in the movie. Oh, that worries me too because people have fucked up vision. So there you go. Now, who brought this mm. vision alive? Who are the actors? Who does this movie star? All right. Uh, the lead, I guess, is one. Well, I guess the, the the protagonist. Yeah, it's uh, his. He's a guy named Logan Marshall Green. He plays okay. Will. He was in a movie called Upgrade, which is fucking awesome. All right, I haven't heard of it. <laughs> he's in a movie called Devil nope. about the devil in an elevator it's okay <laughs> my okay. mom really likes it uh-uh, I'm a, your mom I'm a loves the too. horror okay and prometheus the prequel to alien which could have been so much better okay he's in all those things i really like Mo- uh, logan marshall green i have and not seen any of those movies one day so we will he is a new actor to me upgrade on this okay because i i just really like that movie all right so he's a horror movie guy uh not really Okay, what, what I just, are those I, movies? I picked the things that were oh. science fiction and horror out of his filmography. For our fans, okay. But those are the things that would be pertinent to us and our fans. Okay, that makes um, sense. 
Tammy Blanchard plays Eden. Thought for a minute you said Tony Blanchard. Yeah, Tony Blanchard. You <laughs> should be like, oh, well, that's it's odd. Uh, Tammy Blanchard, Tully Blanchard's kid. Yeah. <laughs> Tammy Blanchard plays Eden. She was into the woods, and she was young Judy Garland and life with Judy Garland. Oh, that was a wonderful. I think it was a Lifetime movie. It was very good. Yep. And then Michael Huisman. Huisman. He mm-hmm. plays David. He was in Game of Thrones. He was uh, Dario Naharis, the really handsome dude with the curvy sword that was fucking oh. Amelia Clark's dragon queen lady. I can't yeah. remember her name because I've done my best to forget about that show. Uh, <laughs> Hear about that on Josh's Grievances yeah. podcast. Oh, man, that movie. Or that show tanked at the end. He's also in The Age of Adeline. Okay. And then, I, I hate doing this because there's a name I'm going to You're going to butcher? So, Emmy Yahtzee Coronaldi. Okay. Coronaldi Coronaldi. She plays Kira. She was in uh, the Roots miniseries from a few years ago. Oh, yeah, the remake of it. Yeah. That was very good. And I just want to throw out two people to kind of keep an eye out because there's actually a fairly large cast because it's a dinner party and everyone is fairly important to the plot. Okay. But I want to throw out two people that you're going to know for different reasons. So there's John Carroll Lynch who plays Pruitt. Okay. He's in the movie Fargo. He was in Zodiac. He's currently on the show Big Sky. Okay. So he is I would probably know his face, but... Drew Carey's brother. Oh, Carey yeah. Show. Mary Demini. I know him. Yeah. That's that's what I always default to. Yep. I hate that. Because he is. As soon as I say that, I go, oh, yeah, that's right. The dad. Well, not the dad, but the husband on in Fargo. Yeah. But yeah. I always come to that second. It's always, it's always Drew Carey's Mimi first. Always. And the thing about um, him as an actor is... He has range that few people have. Yes. The fact that he can be the most lovable guy ever in Fargo, where he's like, you know, <laughs> I brought you Arby's. I brought you Arby's. You got Arby's. He got Arby's all over me. Like, they're just the sweetest people. He and then he. Ducks. And in this, he is, I'm not going to lie, fucking terrifying. Okay. <laughs> like, How exciting. Such, he's, his range is incredible. And the last person I want to talk about is Toby Huss. Toby who plays Huss. Dr. Joseph. Younger kids would know him from the 2018 Halloween. He was also in Karen Kusama's Destroyer. Uh, you would know him, Cindy, yeah. from two other things. What's from that? Back in the day that I flagged for you. Thank you. So he is the voice of Cotton Hill on King of the Hill. <laughs> nice. And <laughs> okay, he was Artie on The Adventures of Pete and Pete. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> strongest man in the world. I love Artie, Pete and Pete. Strongest man in the world. Love Pete and Pete. Okay. Yeah. So Is he, he going to be fucking terrifying as well? Am I going to be all awful and not think of him as Artie anymore? He doesn't. I mean, he's old now, so he doesn't look Aww, like Artie. So it's really right. easy to not now. make that connection. Okay. Which is why I wanted to point it out that it is Artie. Because I would just be driving Pete. myself crazy. Like, who is that? I know that face. Yeah. Okay. All right. So this movie takes place at a dinner party. Right. As is our theme. Um, I don't think there's a lot of jump scares. This movie is, it's less of a horror film and definitely way more of a thriller. There's a lot more, it's more tension based. (sighs) But Um, you know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's all the same to me. Okay. Well, I'm just saying like, to my knowledge, there's not a lot of like just stuff. Ooh, jumping out. I mm. know uh, that's like your big thing. So, mm. uh, and I also want to point out to you and to the listeners at home. Right. So this movie has two things I kind of want to give people a warning about because 
One is integral to the plot, and the other one happens at the very beginning of the movie. And I just want everyone to know this going in so they don't feel like I set them up for failure. All right, now you're... So this movie does have a dead child. Josh. However, the child is dead before the movie begins. Okay, so they're just kind of referencing they, their There's dead a lot of, son. like, there's some memory. <laughs> I love my dead gay son. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I love that to. movie. Um, no, like... It's part of the reason okay. that the whole movie happens, and it gets referenced, and there's memories of the kid, but not being dead. All right, that's that's under okay. Right. I can handle. So that. it's not like you there's going to be a kid that's going to get like hacked up during the course of this movie. I, I don't. Um, Cindy no. doesn't do those kind of movies. But there is a child in that child. Okay, there. I appreciate that. Thank uh, you and the for other the thing is, heads up. There is, there is a there is an animal that gets killed in this movie. Oh, so it's a coyote. And mm. it happens at the very beginning of the movie. I'm just letting you know, like, it gets hit by a car and then someone has to put it out of its misery. Mm. So that's a thing. Thank you for the warning. I don't think it's, like, super graphic, but the way they shoot it. Great. Like, Home is just really good at building tension and making you uncomfortable. And that's what Well, I'm uncomfortable about. just thinking about this. So, so yay for go. me. Um, you know, Cindy, the only bad thing about this movie? It, that I have to watch it? No. What? poster it's really oh. the only bad thing about the movie all right so this is the part of the podcast josh shows me an original poster i try to tell you what the plot's going to be about it's a broken glass of red wine and a man okay there's nothing to be afraid of all right i'm going to say i'm going to flex my english teacher knowledge yeah for just a moment um i think this is going to be a new adaptation of richard connell's the most dangerous game which was written in the 1930s, and it's the first time that uh, the story about a man who hunts other men because he's the best game, big game spot, big game hunter there is. That's that movie. That's that story, and I think this is an adaptation of that movie. Or, or, or that story. What are you laughing at? Can we just talk about how different we are as people? Yeah. Because <laughs> did you immediately think of the Ice Tea movie? No. The game? No, but I am not surviving the game. Oh, yeah, that was uh, Or what's the Van Damme one where he's homeless and they're hunting him? Yep. It's they, all the same. Oh, what's the name of that movie? I won't know it. He said his name, Jean-Claude Van Damme's name in that movie is Chance. And when they're like, why did your mom call you Chance? And he's like, because my mama took one. What the hell? <laughs> I No. Steven no. Seagal movies and, Jean- and Jean-Claude Van Damme. Well, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Jean-Claude Van Damme is so much better than He's allowed, but there's yeah. no Steven Seagal movie allowed no, in here. gross. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> what? When you were describing, was it Richard Connell? Richard Connell, yes. Yeah, and your whole that. My brain your whole that. You, you were like, your so whole literature-wise, the most dangerous game, my brain was like Craven the Hunter from Spider-Man. <laughs> Why? He, he wanted to be the best hunter ever, so he hunted Spider-Man. Because oh. he considered him to be like top of the hunt, the game food chain. Oh no! So that's where my brain went. I just imagining a man with like the weird. I'll show you when we're off mic a picture of Craven the Hunter from the comic books because he looks fucking insane. Okay, it's like a Weirdo. Russian count who hunts people. Weirdo. So there you go. <laughs> uh, that that falls in. That is Richard Connell. In Richard Connell's story, the generals are off. The man, the hunter, is uh, a Russian nobility. It's right after the fall of, you know, and it's right after the revolution. And so that's why he lives on a remote island. Does he look like that, Cindy? (laughs) No, but I think he wants to. With his leopard print pants. Wow, that is a... His lion mane jacket. 
that's held together with a that reminds that looks like Sig, that looks like Siegfried and Roy's bodyguard. It is, it is acrobat. He shoes. looks. That's what I'm saying. He looks his, like Siegfried and Roy's bodyguard. In his zebra slap bracelets, on that is a very dated joke. I might. I must say. I bet a lot of people don't even know who Siegfried and Roy were. Or slap bracelets. Okay. We're getting silly. All right, now. It's time for us to go. Go watch it on Tubi. Uh, stick around, and after the trailer, we'll be back talking all about... How this movie The Invitation. Oh, I forgot to mention, this is your oldest son's second favorite horror film. God damn it. Join us, won't you? Mind the doors. This thing is so official. Maybe they're overcompensating. It's kind of hard to call everybody up out of the blue after two years. I'm so glad you're here. We've got a lot to talk about. So much to celebrate tonight. Each and every one of us is on a journey. And we feel that it's important to be on that journey with the people you love. Everybody, this is my friend Pruitt. Bars on the windows and no. Security. Safer. You've been acting so suspicious of our hospitality. Well. Jesus. Has it been like this a lot? So agitated. How has he been handling things? He can be self-destructive. I think he's doing the best he can. Something doesn't feel safe here. We don't see you for two years, and then all of a sudden, we get invited to this lavish dinner. Don't tell me that this is normal. What do you think is happening, Will? This beautiful moment is upon us. Tonight is the night our faith is made real. was the invitation welcome back hymns hers and all's in between we uh yeah that was awkward i felt uncomfortable uh Um, there were there was one jump scare i know i screamed once i don't remember what it was though can i just say before we get into this yeah off of your your opening there (laughs) yeah did you see that article i sent you about the university of pittsburgh and I don't think so. They their list of things they came up with that were acceptable ways to address people that were genderless to include okay. everyone. What did they say? And one of them was Yins. Yeah, though that's Pittsburgh. And, and for uh, you. Ted Cruz was really pissed off about it. Oh fuck him! But it's um, just it was because my of, you know, favorite Yins, it made me really happy. Writer of uh, Mama, Scotty Landis, and oh, the movie? Banana Boy number yeah the movie. Uh, it was written by a guy named Scotty Landis, who's like our age. He's fucking hilarious. And uh, Kurt Brownholer. Wait, the same? Not the same movie. Not the horror movie you watch for this podcast. Yes. No, 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 no. He he did the It is a horror movie, um, but it, it's the one that has Octavia Spencer in it. 
Mama. Mama. That's what I said. Okay. Isn't it? Ma, yeah, I ma, said mama. Ma, it's ma. Well, okay, ma. Just ma. Uh, Mama's the one with the children oh, yeah, that yeah, were yeah. lost and the in ghosts, the woods and the yeah. ghosts that raised them. And that movie um, is crazy. <laughs> that movie is crazy. Anyway, Scotty Landis and Kurt Brownholer came up with, um, they're, they're two white, straight white guys, and so they're real good about, you know, hey, we want to do better. And they put out the call for that amongst their fans of their podcast, uh, the Bananas podcast. And they came up with um, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. And I've been using that for all my middle schoolers, uh, when I, whether I'm doing a big sixth grade orientation or just talking to my class. And I've had a lot of kids be like, that's really cool. Thank you. Because kids at those age, you know, they're, they're figuring out who they are and everything's going crazy. So like, not guys, gals, non-binary pals. I like that. Fair. Yeah. That's what, that's what I say. That's what I endorse here now, on this podcast. Now that we've had a moment of lighthearted levity, let's, let's talk about The Invitation. Oh, let's talk about... This movie played <laughs> way better with you and your mom than I thought it was going to. Dead children. <laughs> horrific divorces. Cults. Uh, what else? Like, it hit... Uh, and then, of course, bloody murder. Um, the only part of this movie that I'd forgotten about that I was, once I realized was in the movie that I I was super like, Ugh. What? Wasn't the dead kid thing, because it happens off screen, it's all told in like flashback Yeah, and, and it's, it's very it's, artistically done. There's a moment, and we'll get into like the format of the show and all that in a second, but there's a moment in this movie that I forgot about. Okay. Where the character of Pruitt, which is played John by Carol Drew Carey's Lynch, brother, describes sorry, yes. beating his wife to death. Oh my God! Yeah. Well, he's he didn't so like just beat her. Calm about it. Let, let's be fair. He hit her once, and she went down, and, and she went down and hit her head and died. It, I mean, any hit of any person is wrong. Don't. But he didn't beat her to death. Yeah, he killed his wife though. And he did like, kill his wife. That's true. He went to jail for it the whole nine yards. Yep. Um, and it it was terrifying. It was just this blank face talking about, this is what I did. He was like, you know. This is how uh, I am. Well, he, the way he starts it, because he starts it like it's going to be a good memory. Yeah. He's like, I want to tell you about my wife. I love my wife. Man, I met her. She was a painter. She had this laugh that right. just lit up the whole room. And then I murdered her. Yeah. (laughs) And then I was so pissed off at her. Like, what? That did come out of left field. That is true. But that's what made it. That's what made it hit even harder. I liked this movie because they did such a good job of making you feel like, oh, this guy is just, this is a horror movie because it's a man who's slowly losing his mind. And then it turns so sharply and so quickly at the end shit shit man yeah bam Um, i like this movie because it plays like a almost like a theater piece yeah like you get to spend time with these characters and i've said it before and like you said you uncover what happens in these tiny more invested i am in characters the more terrifying the movie yes like if you just throw 100 percent tropes like trope characters, like oh here's a blonde and here's like a jock, and we just throw them into the movie, and oh now they're getting murdered. Like I'll, I don't really care. I'll be honest, that's how I get through I most of these. It. That's how I get through most of these movies. Is like okay, these are just characters. I'm not invested in them at all. These are so fake. 
that's how I have to try and get through some of them. It's when they're it's when they're played like this that they're they hit a little too close to home that it's really hard. Yeah. And honestly, <laughs> there are times when some of these characters, not in this movie, but in some of these movies, where I'm like, no, I'm glad they're dead. <sighs> um, case in point. Franklin and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> I believe I'm on record as agreeing with you like on that one. Most people, once he dies, they're like, "Oh, he's just got better." The worst. Agreed. He's so, like, push me, push me in my wheelchair through the woods at night. It's like, what are you doing, bro? Same with the uh, first couple that dies in Chopping Mall. Like, oh, good. I don't give a oh, shit about the those people. Head that explodes. That is magical. <laughs> So, all right, Cindy, do you want to give us the plot of... Okay, so this is a movie about uh, a group of friends that haven't seen each other since a tragic accident that took the life of one of their children. Um, get reunite after a few years, and turns out that it's the night that a cult decides to kill a lot of people. Yep. Theme. Um, so IMDb has it as a man accepts an invitation to a dinner party hosted by his ex-wife, an unsettling affair... That reopens old wounds and creates new tensions. Correct. <laughs> this movie. Let's uh, let's talk about this. this let's talk about it. Um, let's get into it. Okay. I think they did a good job of showing the progression of the uh, father of the dead child or the ex-husband in IMDb's version. Um, he's still a good-looking dude and he's still well-kept, but like the long hair, the longer beard... They did a good job of like juxtaposing who he was before the accident. Yeah, and after. I think. Okay, he. This movie weirdly that character and his look reminds me of the Royal Tenenbaums. Of real what? The Royal Tenenbaums. Oh, <laughs> yes, um, it does. And the reason it does is they both are very depressed. Yeah. And they both grow their facial hair and hair out to hide themselves from the world because it's almost like a suit of armor. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a way to it's re- it's uh, hide in plain sight. Yeah, it really, really is. And yeah, it's also and like, it plays because it's real. People do that. That's yeah. what you do. And, and it also plays into the fact of depressed people stop taking care of themselves. Yeah. They stop grooming a lot. Yeah. Now he does have really pretty hair. He clearly <laughs> washes it and takes care of yes. himself. Fair. So Agreed. That. Agreed. And it's not like he's got long hair and it's greasy and gross and it yeah. looks like he hasn't showered in forever. Agreed. But we don't know. Like maybe Kira made him get off the couch and take a shower. I don't know. Right. Um, maybe that, yeah. Uh, I don't know. But here's the thing. <clears throat> here's why I, I think I noticed it more on this viewing. Why I like this movie and the way it's structured so much. So... The, the house itself, right? The house is a stand-in for, like, a emotional prison. Because none of the memories that are triggered come from other people. They come from places in the house. Right. Right? Like, he walks by a door and he sees his kid from the time that they lived there and his kid was alive and yeah. he was doing whatever. Right? And the whole movie sets it up, like you said, where you think... This guy is not processed this. He's not moving on. He's not handling his grief, but he is. Yeah. He's it's doing just different. The best he can with what he's got. Mm-hmm. And then you get the other side of the coin, which is his ex wife and her new husband. And they're almost like on a scale. Yeah. So you've got them, and they're like, oh, we're over it. Like, my wife died. I'm over it. Like, oh, my kid died. Like, I'm moving on. Let me move on. Why are you trying to rub my face in it? When he has the meltdown that, 
I got to, I told you last night. This movie builds like a like a balloon full of tension to the point where he's like, "Where's Choi?" Yeah. And right. then it pops, and, and then, you're like, oh, okay, there's the Troy, everything's fine. And right as you settle down, well, it, it's almost like a firework that well, you're like, you think it's over, and then yeah. it's not. And the, the beautiful thing about that moment when he, they're doing the whole, like, where's Troy thing, and he shows up, and he's like, I'm so sorry, like, I had to run back out and do something for work. She shoots him, you know, uh, Will, the character Will, like Logan Marshall Green, yeah. in a single by himself, and then the reverse shot is everyone else looking at him. Yeah. So he's isolated himself from everyone else because everyone else thinks he's fucking crazy. Yep. But he's not. Nope. He's right on. He was right the whole time. And, and, and if you notice, he's the only one who, I mean, he doesn't drink at all at any point to see, no, I'm good. Like, I thought maybe he was sober because of, you know, the incident or, or what, you know, as they call it. But that's why I was like, oh, he... He's actually feeling like he gets what's going on. He's picking up on these little details because he's sober and the rest aren't. Yeah, I think that I think that is one hundred percent a thing. Yes, because his friend, um, the heavier set guy, right, uh, Ted, he's just like, oh, I'm having a good time. I'm drinking, and she slaps the shit out of him. Yes, and that's like your first moment where you're like, something's maybe not right. Yes, here. yes, 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 hundred percent. And I totally forgot about that. It does. Like it's a it's a progressive build and it's really clever to couch the, the cult thing inside the loss of a child because who would be normal after that? Yeah. Right? Like who loses a child? Because that's the one thing that I remember my dad telling me that was his biggest fear. Oh, yeah. Because it's out of sync with how the world works. Right? Like you're supposed to lose your parents at some point. It sucks, but that's the way the yep. world works. You're not supposed to lose your children. You're supposed to go before your kids. Yep. And... So this horrible thing happened, and they don't tell you exactly, but they kind of allude that, like, a kid hit him with a baseball bat when they were playing outside. And it was, yeah, and but it was, like, just enough that it, it ended up, the boy died of the injury. Yeah. It could have been a, a hematoma or, you know, who knows. And the thing about this movie, the way it's played and the way the actors do it, I, I believe everything. Yeah. Like, I just... I mean, I'm, yeah, you're in, you believe... Yeah. Oh, yeah. The moment where he's telling Kira outside, you know, I'm, I'm broken, and then he's, she's like, you couldn't have known. Like, how would you have known to look for that? How would you right. have expected that? And then he says to her, "I've been waiting to die ever since it happened." Yeah. I'm like, in that moment, I, um, I believe him. I'm like, Logan Marshall Green, are you okay? Like, it, I don't think you're okay. Yeah. Uh, and it's yeah, this movie is. The acting sells it to a point where it kind of moves past a, quote, horror film. Yeah. Which people think of horror films being kind of schlocky or fun. No. This, this was this was a good made-your-skin-crawl thing. Your mom compared it to Hitchcock. like Yeah. In the way it, like you said, I the balloon, that. the way it bursts. It's like a rear window. Like, it's a steady progression of dread. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, you get that false sense of relief where oh, I think he's just crazy. And it's, oh no, they're actually they're actually killing them. And it it plays off of a couple different cult things, right? So you've got the Heaven's Gate cult. Remember mm-hmm. the whole sneakers and yeah, we're all oh, going to yeah. be together because their whole, whole thing is like, well, we're all going to be together in like paradise when we Right, die. we're going to just die together That's their thing. and go on the con- on the, the hail pop. And then they do the Kool-Aid thing, like Jim Jones. Yeah. Um the Sadie character is very Manson-esque. <laughs> 
Yeah. Right? Like, crazy and, oh, you can fuck me, you can hurt me. Like, you do whatever you want. That That's a little Manson-esque. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of a bunch of cult shit rolled up. Yeah. And it comes... It's it's odd because it's set up to where if you're looking for the clues, you can see it coming. Yes, but like, but again, it was like they led you, and then it was like, nope, that's that's yeah. not what happened. Like, there's even a point where towards the first twenty or thirty minutes of the movie, Gina is like, they're in a cult. Yeah, and they're like, it's not a cult. It's right. a, you know, Ooh, it's a I'm group in. of people in Mexico who just were coming together and they, to support each and other. And that's when you learn, like, oh no, my boss, did, my boss did this. My oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They think it's like this retreat, but it is not at so, all. What I gathered from it, it's in Mexico. There's a compound where you can go down and fuck out your sadness. I guess no. You you there's a compound that you go to because they talked about there being like and geez. you watch someone die, and it it's supposed to like heal your sadness, but in reality, like that's just part of you're joining this cult, and then on this one night, um, you kill everyone. <laughs> I guess like I don't know what the uh, he's exact... built he's built like an army. Yeah, and they mentioned that they're everywhere. Yep. And I think this movie takes on an extra sense of terror. Terror <laughs> and poignancy in the wake of. Like, this movie came out in the same year that we learned half the country wanted, like, Donald Trump and oh, yeah. believed in alternative facts. And yeah. Where, where you're like, oh, we're not as harmonious as we thought we were. Yeah. Like, we knew there was, like, a fringe crazy element, but it's a lot. It, it, it's a vocal. lot bigger than we thought it and, was. Yeah. And then we ended up with January 6th. Super, super, super disturbing. So I think it takes on that level. And to wrap up the point I was trying to make in the first place, it goes back to the house is like a, a prison for like their rigid thinking because they think they're like, oh, they're stuck. We're not going to, you know, nothing bad's going to happen to yes. us. Uh, it's and, just so normal. And then like their sadness because they're everyone is like a well the main characters if we put on polar opposites like david and eden yeah and pruitt and then like will kind of opposing them and everyone else is kind of in the Mm -hmm. middle they're fueled by like sadness and loss right and david's trying to move on with his life and then they're just like oh we just won't acknowledge it and then (laughs) they'll go away yeah and we'll all take you with us to heaven paradise or whatever so it the house itself is like a character in this movie. It's like a, yeah, they're locked because, in. Well, yeah, and because it, that's what triggers the memories, yeah. and that's kind of what moves the plot along. They can't get out till they address the larger issue of like their emotions or the cult, which yeah. you know is killing them. Oh, what <laughs> depth was that? Good enough depth for you? That was good enough depth. Oh, uh, I so fucking love this. This movie. movie does not. It's not an Arkov movie. It, it's just not. It's a sl- it's a Hitchcock movie. It's a slow build twist that makes you go, "What the fuck?" I mean, I think if we just ran down it real fast, it's definitely got action, but not at the beginning, right? Uh, Revolutionary. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oratory. Well, killing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, well, yeah, killing fucking... for sure. I, I don't think there's oratory though. The dialogue is so good. It, it is, but so it's not natural. memorable. It's just so normal. And then fantasy and fornication. We do see Bush. 
There's full frontal bush. You remember that scene? Mm-hmm. That's about it, though. And then, I mean, I would like this movie to be fantasy. Uh, yeah. I don't want it to be reality. Please let it be fantasy. Um, so we didn't talk about it. It ends with literally, they're just one small spoke in a much larger wheel. Because David puts the red lantern out to signify, yo, <laughs> we're purging or whatever they're calling yeah, or it. Or whatever they're doing And this. then at the end when the, he carries Eden outside, the whole, like there's just screams and gunfire and then the whole hillside is covered in those red yeah, lights. Yeah, those red and lights. And it's like, oh, I was trying to figure out everywhere. if it like, do you think that the, their call to arms was to bring in the people who are related to the death that you're trying to get over maybe because they were all at that party that night Uh, or is it just all your closest friends i think it's like bring the people that you want to take with you to the afterlife to be with forever so they threw this big party to be like all of you that's why i think she sincerely they were trying to get um what's her name to stay right when she was like i'm fucking weirded out i'm leaving yeah and they're like oh no like please please stay just a little bit longer and they i mean Drew Carey's brother did say that he had, he killed her when she no. went to leave, didn't he? No. He said, her name was Claire. Claire. He was like, I stopped her and apologized and said I felt bad for... Right. Like, we don't know what happened to her. I assume she lived. Why I was just trying to remember if he later said that he killed her or not. No. She never comes back up again. I assume she just survived. They were just like... That was you know, wild. We'll let her go. We got everyone else. Yeah. Um, wild. But they also don't feel... Sadie's a little different because she's crazy, like screaming into the mirror Mm -hmm. silently and whatnot. But especially David and Eden don't seem like they think what they're doing is wrong. They're like, we're doing you guys a favor. Eden does eventually. Well, But here's the thing. Like once it goes from like how it was supposed to be, Mm -hmm. like how Gina died, like, oh, you drink the Kool-Aid, wine shit. Yeah. And then you just just die. And that's over. Like, once they get into the, the marrow of, like, we're stabbing and shooting people, she's like, this is fucking wrong. Yeah. Uh, David, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> no, David has drank the Kool-Aid and he is there. But they were, like, good. they think they're, like, helping their friends mm-hmm. by, you know, life sucks. Like, we're going to dip and we're going to take you guys with us. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be great. And it's funny because... They think... Oh, go ahead. Will, his character, he literally looks at Kira and is like, I want to die. I've been waiting yeah. to die. And then when the time he's comes... He's the one who fights to live. He's like, no, I don't want to go out Exactly. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Isn't that how they always is? Yeah, that's... I told you I went to that... that I listened to the guy um, in my past job. I went to a seminar where they had the guy who jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge and survived. Uh-huh. And they asked him, like, what was the first thing you thought once you stepped off the bridge? And he was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to die. Like, as oh, soon yeah, that's as right. that happens... Your brain's like, nope, we made a mistake. We don't want to no, go. No, 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 no. So, yeah. When given the opportunity, like he could just drink that wine and like, be done. But he he's the one who makes everyone not. Yeah. Except and then for that poor it gets girl. Crazy and so the, right. the, the only three people that survive are Will, Kira, the black his black girlfriend, right, uh, and um, one of the gay couple, one of the male gay couple, and then Claire who left early. At least from that party. Theoretically. So what are we watching next week? As we continue our uh, murders of the middle, the dinner party. (laughs) Dinner party horror? Dinner party uh, horror. I was trying to figure out a way to say that, yeah. Um, Or family gathering horror. We're watching Coherence, 
coherence. A little less horror, a little more science fiction. It's more science fiction horror than the less horror science fiction. But yeah. Okay. I'm looking forward to it. Um yeah. Okay. Ultimately, let me ask you this for you. One last question. All right, go. This is arguably your eldest son's second favorite. Oh, movie. that was crazy. What did you think? At the I end think. Of the day? That's me. Um, I think that that Ben likes, or my, cut that. The 15-year-old likes, uh, he likes suspense. He likes the Hitchcock stuff. He doesn't like the gore and the slasher. No, he likes that too. Well, but you know what I mean? Like when it comes down to like his favorite movies, like he likes the slow build. He likes the reality to that turns on its head. Do you, did you like this movie though? I did like this movie. This was a good one. It was scary and it was crazy, but I liked Mom it. liked it. Yes, she did. Which same reason that Ben, uh, the same reason that 15-year-old did. I love it. It's but... a good one. All right, well, until next week. I'm Josh. And I'm Cindy, and I'm still his girlfriend.